Hi, my name's Tim. And I'm Cassandra. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the European, European Soapbox. On today's podcast, we are going to be talking about the Galtan scale. And although a lot of literature does refer to it as a scale, for the purposes of this podcast, we're going to be looking at it kind of as a graph or like a point of comparison for and, all of the political. And I mean, you can also scale it, but that's just semantics it and is, yeah, statistics it really and mathematics. Is. So let's talk about it as a graph. Yeah. <laughs> so if you picture, say, an XY axis, like one that you use in basic math. Traditional. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We the gal tan spectrum looks as follows. So gal, the green alternative liberal, is at the very top. The tan part, the traditional authoritarian and nationalist part, is on the bottom. And then on the left, so that's the y-axis? No, that's the x-axis. That's the x-axis. If you look at the left, then it says left. And if you look at the right of the x-axis, it says right. Essentially, what this graph is pointing out is the differences in beliefs of each of these parties. So, as the, I mean, it was coined by Elizabeth Hooker and Gary Marx, and this is coming right out of their textbook. The economic left right, so the x axis, is how parties are classified in economic terms. People or parties on the left are want government to play an active role in the economy. So, I don't know. Government spending. Yeah, government spending, all of that. Parties on the economic left or on the economic right emphasize reduced economic role for government, so privatization, lower taxes, and less regulation. Okay. On the y-axis, we have the Galtan axis, like I said, and that is when parties are kind of classified in terms of their democratic freedom and rights views. So the libertarian and post-materials parties, so the ones on the top, favor expanded personal freedoms, participation, and the ones on the bottom, so the traditional authoritarian nationalist parties, often reject these ideas and they value older, more traditional or stable beliefs from like that government essentially should have a firm moral hand on social and cultural issues. Okay, let me summarize. Absolutely. On our y-axis, we have from gal all the way to tan. Mm -hmm. On our x-axis, we have from economic left all the way to economic right. Economics is defined like by what role the state should play yes. in the economy. And Galtan defines social values. Yes, that's exactly it. Okay, let me pose a question. Why is this important? This is kind of important to kind of figure out where parties lie and see where your own personal values lie. So if I value, I don't know, personal freedom, so say the right to abortion or... And in addition, like economic lower taxes, then I would be, where would that be? That would be more economic, right, right, gal, tan, yeah. top. So yeah. uh, more gal. So that would be in the top right quadrant. Yes. Okay, top right cool. And so this, this is really important to see where sort of not just like normal political parties lie, but also illiberal parties, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because then we can sort of see like what trends go across countries. That's the biggest thing is mm. seeing trends. Interesting. And especially when it comes to say like a radical right party, like the AFD in Germany, like where, where do they stand? And it's for them, it's very, very right. Uh, right. And tan traditional authoritarian nationalism. And it, right. I don't think so. I think it's left and really? tan. 
it, th- that's what makes it really interesting. Or it's, I think it's like middle and tan because they don't really have a stance on government spending. Okay, so it is purely but on it's the... tan. It's tan. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, what yeah. matters. I guess the most important part from some, I guess, for in, for in terms of the cultural, sorry, is that Galtan, that Y-axis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think that that's really interesting because then you can apply this mathematical and sort of like statistical process of figuring out if a party is Galtan to things like illiberal views or like pro-European views. Mm-hmm. And this is its important its importance to EU politics. Yes, there was a study that actually looked at how political parties stand in terms of EU integration and how, like the trends, like you said, in where they stand on the Galtan and where they stand on EU integration. And I don't know those results. Uh, that is a UNC study. Is it really? Yeah, it is. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's... Things like when it comes to European integration, um, social movements, the huge immigration crisis in 2017, seeing trends from the Galtan economic left-right axis, it, it, it's exactly that. It's to find trends. I, I think that there's there's a lot of importance that goes into this Galtan spectrum, and the value is sort of once you get into like party systems and like mm-hmm. where do political parties come from, like. On our last few episodes, we talked about cleavage theory and freezing. And the relevance of taking some of these parties that have gone through cleavages and freezing and then applying them to a scale where we can actually see how they differ in values, that's insane. Yeah, absolutely. Seeing the building blocks and how each of those building blocks independently influence where they now stand present. Yeah. And when you compare some of this data like across years, you can see these massive flip-flops in parties. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really interesting because... We we talked some about this on our, our last podcast, and so I would encourage all our listeners to listen to that too. Um, issue salience. Mm-hmm. And so if there's a gal party that's like strongly gal, but they don't care about economic left or right, you can see like these massive swings from like economic left to economic right to like into the middle within like one election cycle. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. And same with economics. If some If a party is very... I guess they economically left, and yeah. they're on that x-axis. They'll go up and down yeah. between Galantan just to see who they can get to vote for them. And so, I know that researchers don't like to do this in general, but <laughs> as sort of like a a political person that likes to see all this stuff like work together, what you can do because it it scaled all the results, you can actually overlay all of these parties onto one big Galantan spectrum. Mm-hmm. which I find so fascinating because what you realize then is that parties that don't necessarily believe in democracy are all over the place. Yes, that's well, that's another thing. Because what the scale doesn't do is, I guess, measure democracy. They yeah. are measuring specifically attitudes towards sociocultural issues. Yeah, which, is, which issues. is really interesting. Like you have um, Urban's party in Hungary, which is like classically a liberal, and they're like, the bottom left quadrant mm-hmm. and then there's oh which one was it i think fides in poland or like the the, the polish sort of a liberal party mm-hmm. they're they're more like bottom right quadrant and so it's really interesting to see all this this these different like movements at work and like when you look at some of these parties like oh their stance on immigration and then you can see like there doesn't matter like all these parties are drastically different in these beliefs but they're, they're scaled into this these different quadrants, and it's so interesting. I don't know how much Galtan has been used in American 
political parties? If well, you, will? you got two parties. Well, I mean, yeah. But, <laughs> but just even with the comparison, like from country to country, you can see how different totally. parties compare to one another. And I think that is really cool in itself. Yeah, so. I, I think it's re- very, very interesting. Um, I, I do think that as far as sort of Galtan goes, there's probably like a line that splits the graph in half in American politics going like from the top right corner to the bottom left corner more than likely and everything on the left side of that is probably democrat and everything on the right side of that That is probably republican um which has its own issues i'm not (laughs) saying that that's good or bad two-party system isn't yeah 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 um which we're actually going to talk about later when we talk about sort of types of democracy Mm -hmm. um but the galtan spectrum in itself is pretty genius um and we're not saying this just to brag because we've had these two professors (laughs) But we are sort of. Um, but it's also revolutionary when it comes to like analyzing European politics. Yeah, it was a huge step towards finding trends. And it brings in, first of all, it develops an entirely new system to measure parties' beliefs. Yes. And then it brings empirical evidence <laughs> to this party beliefs. It's kind of hard to dispute the. It's it's the it's very really hard to dispute. The graph and like the methods but it, when you look into the framework of course there's criticisms mm-hmm. and i think that that's fair yes can you i i can't so can you like <laughs> name a few like criticisms maybe of this galtan spectrum i believe one of the biggest criticisms is in the terminology of scale uh yes so totally there was one author he has a website that really just rants about the galtan scale and it's because it's purely because galtan isn't necessarily when looked at visibly isn't a scale it is a graph that pinpoints where political parties are on the spectrum yeah and i mean that seemed to be the only thing he didn't criticize its efficacy or the theories behind it it was just the terminology yeah that and methodology from. yeah mm-hmm. which i i think with any political theory that's pretty fair yeah i mean everything's gonna have criticism nothing's perfect of course of course and i mean something that the galtan spectrum doesn't assume is like what these parties look like like right. saying, okay, everything in the bottom right quadrant is a liberal and nationalist. Like, mm-hmm. they don't say that. They don't say that. They just say, okay, these parties are there. Let's look at these parties. What do they look like? Do they have similarities? Which I find really interesting when it comes it to It takes like, like a third person point exactly. of view. It's very, in my opinion, kind of, what's the word? Objective? Objective. Wow, <laughs> that is a that. very good one. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's... It's a short, it's a concise summary. And if somebody like comes to this podcast not understanding galtan i hope this this helps yeah i really do and cassandra has done a wonderful job teaching this and so <laughs> i'm gonna wrap up our podcast today by saying thank you so much for listening and i hope you join us next week on the european soapbox The European Soapbox podcast reflects only the opinions of the authors and do not reflect the views of any affiliated and or mentioned organizations. We are students still in the learning process, so information should be taken with a grain of salt and not blindly accepted. The information is for informational purposes only and do not intend to serve as any recommendation. We do not intend to isolate anyone on this podcast and encourage diversity and differences in opinion. The European Soapbox stands independently from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. The authors are the sole owners of the rights to the European Soapbox podcast. 
As students, we ask for the opportunity to grow and improve in our podcasting journey and progression as individuals. If you'd like to reach out to us, send us an email at europeansoapbox at gmail.com. This podcast is hosted by Cassandra Alvarino and Tim Fry. All music is produced by Till Iringer. That's T-I-L-L-Y-D-E-A-N dot W-A-V on Instagram. A special thanks to our friends, families, and supporters.